Hey, welcome back. And hey, happy Black History Month, okay? The one month that we remember the achievements and efforts of black people everywhere. So if you're black, good shit. And if you're not, you better be blasting that Kendrick Lamar extra hard this month, you know? Hey, remember about a month back, I switched to hosting my podcast independently off of the network. Uh, And when I did that, I lost all of my reviews on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. So if you ever left a review, or even if you didn't and you listen on those, please go hit five stars and leave a comment. Uh, Everything's been forgotten, so I really want to rebuild that, and I appreciate it big time. And that's it. Enjoy this episode with my good friend Gulet Abdi, Toronto comedian, premiering his second season of his sketch show, Tall Boys, releasing today. All right, enjoy. Why he fighting fighting this? Why? What? 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 What, what is his goal? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yo, welcome back to the immigrant section. It's your boy Abbas Wahab. As you can see, if you're watching video, I am in my room. Okay, for the first time ever, you're getting the exclusive. If you're listening to audio, you're missing out. I'm in my bedroom for the first time. I got a whole new setup, nice webcam and whatever. You know, I thought, why do the Zoom from downstairs where it's dark and all that shit? Time to do it from in here. Anyways, wherever you're watching, listening, make sure to hit that subscribe, follow button so you can get every new episode as it comes out. And for today's guest, I got my good friend zooming in. Please put it together for my man, Gulad Abdi. What are you saying, dog? Hey, what's going on? It's Gulad Abdi. I'm here also in my room. If you're watching the video, check out the colors, baby. Greenwall. You know I didn't choose it. You know I didn't choose it. It came like this. Bro, that's that. The root, dude, that's that. Uh, what's it called? That um, olive green, right? Ooh, that's right? nice. Yeah, I don't. I wish I knew more about like colors because like I'm so like I have such a basic vocabulary. I'm like, this is dark red. And it's a lighter red and it's a middle red. And then it's like, no, 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 there's different types of red. And like this, there's a words you put in front of the colors, you know, olive green, this, that, you know, I'm like, damn. Dude, that's that. That will never come back and haunt you, though. There'll never be a situation with somebody with like a gun to your head. Like, what is this? Nigga? This is crimson, uh, nigga. <laughs> just oh, like, damn, I, I knew, is it I red? <laughs> it's maroon, nigga. Just like so aggressive. Oh, damn, what's the difference? <laughs> That's never going to come back. To, but, bro, I was right before we went live, I'm like, man, you're on season two of Tall Boys. CBC yeah. produced millions of dollar budget. Man, I thought you'd be living in a palace by now, bro. Like straight yeah, up. I mean, I, I honestly, like, I could have moved into, like, a, a one bedroom. But, like, I was, I thought about it and I was like, I'm moving to one bedroom just so I can say I have a one bedroom, but like my situation is chill here. I got two other roommates that like, like they all, they all do their own thing and we share a common area and the rent's like dirt cheap. So I was like, listen, I can live well in the one bedroom in the city with the price of the one bedroom, or I can live like a king in the room that I share in a three bedroom. <laughs> Bro, that's the smartest thing though. That's the, that's the hardest move to make is when money comes in is to not adjust your standard of living. If you can stay where you're at, you're doing yourself the biggest favor, right? Cause it's, it's upgrading proportionally to how you go up. That's the trap to begin with. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I, one day I'd, I'd love to own my own place, but like until then I'm like, listen, I'm chilling, man. I'll just stack up the coin and just, Get this one bedroom as long as my roommate keeps the lease and the landlord's not an asshole, we're good. 
I love how you say stack up the coin. Like life is literally a game for you. Just you got the coin, just right up here. Ding, 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 ding. Just stack up this coin. I don't, I don't know if I've ever said the phrase stack up this coin till today. I should to be honest with you. When you oh, got the a- when you got the call, season two is get uh, you, they're going for a season two. You just looked up like. I would like, I still like when I watch uh, rap music videos, like I love the way rappers just how much money they have. And I want to get one day, like just, just to see, maybe rent it like a money counter and put like hundreds of dollars, like the bills are hundreds, it's a hundred dollar bills minimum. And just put that in there and then just let the, that the, count, you know? The one that goes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that one? Ooh, that's, that's so nice. Good. I think of cocaine money, right? When I hear that, you know what I mean? <laughs> And that's already been sampled. I'm, I'm sure there's rap songs that have used that, just that sound as part of a sample. Oh, the intro, just like, yeah. And then it'll be like, uh, if young Metro don't love you, I'm going to shoot you. Banana. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dude, you see little Uzi got the diamond in the head? I did. Then I saw a TikTok today where someone uh, pretended like it was, there's that one character in the Marvel Universe who had the, also the gem that yeah, Thanos yeah, yeah. wanted. Thanos, and so someone did, someone did that TikTok where they, <laughs> Taking it up, Uzi. The internet's so fast. So, first off, right off the top, uh, season two of Tall Boys CBC exclusive is dropping when the day that this episode drops. So, if you are hearing this, watching this, it's out. Check that shit out. Yeah, Tall Boys season two with my homie Gulet in that. I even got a screener, bro. I feel like. Bro, I, I feel like, you know how you're, you're in it getting paid, living well. I, I, I'm at the point where I was excited that I, I'm at the point in industry where they gave me a screener link to watch it in advance. Oh, for this. I'm it's like, oh, shit. Look, I'm, I was at Conrad's place. I was like, yo, I think I got the screener link. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Like it's these, it's all these little things that like, uh, like that remind me of how cool sometimes being an entertainment is like getting invited to, I wish we had gotten a chance to go to uh, an award show last year for the Canadian screen awards, but that's when COVID hit. Yeah. But I was like, man, like there was like just being invited to like an event and then seeing other people who also work in the industry and then getting like, like, I don't know. I'm still very much at the beginning phase of this where I'm like, yo, the fact that I get snacks that I don't have to pay for and they give me drinks that I have to pay for. And then they also want to give me like, I don't know what it is about, when you st- <laughs> when you get into entertainment, the more you make it, the more people want to give you free things. Yeah, isn't like, it? Isn't I'm like, that I don't weird get it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like they want. They're hoping that you wear it or you affiliate yourself with it, and they get so, they get a sponsorship just via affiliation and association. Damn, I didn't think about it that way. You're right. <laughs> I was just thinking like, why do they want to give us money and and free stuff? You know, like. uh What's this thing called? Ilbert, uh, Ilbert, like this hat. When I ran a show in London, Ontario stand up and yeah. I went around looking for sponsors and they're like, well, we're not willing to necessarily sponsor you, but we will give you a free thing. Grab that yeah. hat over there. So I grabbed that hat and now Ilbert and Goose, and Goose London native uh, retail, like uh, not even retail, but apparel store. So yeah. They're getting plugged on here just for free. That's what they're hoping for. Now, I, I don't have 
the pull no, that we, you we, got. We gotta, but, hey, we gotta I'm cut that best. out. In post, just cut that out. Cut that out. Be like, and that's one. And then it's just blank. And then they're getting advertised for free. You know? Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. Like, just censor. Send it. Send them a link of this and being like, I'll unedit it for fourteen dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want it, I mean, it's COVID. You tell me. <laughs> We're talking right before this that you got hit with about a vitiligo. Oh, how does it pronounce? Vitiligo, yeah, man. I don't know if it's. I, I like vitiligo too, man. I mean, just however you want to say it, vitiligo. Yeah, I got hit with it like last summer. It started as a small little dot, and now it's like taking up a you know a little part of my face, the left side of my face right now. How rare is that? Because I see it on people mm, like like pre-COVID times when I'm walking on the street. I'll see it probably once a week, once every two weeks, I'll see somebody. So I'm assuming it's actually a pretty rare thing, right? I think so. I, to be honest with you, I've done such little research on it. Uh, I love the, that, by the, the way. I love that you just got hit with it and you're just – that's that's the the mentality, to just take it as it comes. Because like, oh, yeah. if it was my girlfriend, man, my girlfriend's getting these things called cluster headaches. And yeah. she is reading everything on the internet and it is like fucking up her psyche completely. Oh man. Okay. So maybe, maybe I am doing the right. Cause I just think like, I don't care about this enough. Is the reason I'm not searching. Like the only thing I read was the dermatologist I first saw gave me a double-sided piece of paper that explained what vitiligo is and the different treatment options. And I felt like it gave a pretty good, like, summation of the condition and what to expect. And after reading that, like the feeling I left with was, Hey man, we don't know much about this. Uh, it could spread. It might not spread. I, uh, you be easy, dog. Like that's what I. That's the feeling I left with. So I was like, all right, well, I can do more research to read about it. But it feels like, hey, let's hope it stays there. But if it doesn't, I mean, you know, it's, it's that not, that it's, type it's not cancer. So like, you know, it'd be chill. You know. <laughs> yeah, I love that they gave you a pamphlet, Simpson style. Did it say so? You have vitiligo. Is that what it's like? <laughs> I, I wish it's like what to know about vitiligo, but I wish I had, had done that. And Fucking so you or a loved one has gotten vitiligo, you know? <laughs> I love that dermatologist says just have a wall of just like whatever they diagnose what it is. They just like, eh, here we go. Vitiligo. So you just, yeah. just have a wall of pamphlets for every condition. He literally did have a wall of pamphlets. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember the vitiligo was on it, but he printed this out from the internet for me where he's like, he, he asked me, he's like, did you do any research? I was like, no. I said, I didn't want to do any research until I was certain what it was. And he's like, yeah. He's Good like, move. and then he said, don't, he's like, don't, don't do research. He's like, don't read, uh, don't believe everything you're reading on the internet about it. He's like, let me print you out this thing. And that double-sided sheet, I was like, all right. Yeah, 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 right. I was like, all right. <laughs> don't trust what you read on the internet. Trust this pamphlet. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what you got off the internet. <laughs> but that's sick, man. Yo, you, you know, I'll be real with you. Lucky for you, you are a tall motherfucker bro you're like say bro there's something about height that negates any of these things fall by the wayside like niggas tall as shit it's like yeah. yo he's got a little bit of lago but he can dunk so what the fuck man uh, I can't, listen i gotta let your viewers know i i cannot dunk i could dunk physically i know it's possible but i've made a choice to stay on the ground <laughs> like you're that, everyone else you're that type of height where what are you like six 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 eight, six, six, eight? There you yeah. go. You're that type of height for a black guy where I imagine my roommate's like six, nine. Actually, my roommate's like six, ten or something. He's tall as fuck. Uh, South Sudani. And um, I'm pre I'm like, bro, how often do people ask you about basketball? It goes every day. man. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be like that when I was younger, when I was when I had a younger face, people would ask me because I think they, they knew if there's a chance he's going to make it, it's now. 
as I've yeah. gotten older, it's <laughs> gone down dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even want to bring it up, you know. What I mean? Yeah. I did have the one cool experience was like uh the first season we got like um one of our producers uh their their partner got us tickets to go to like a Raptors social. And when we were there, like we're just we're just we're chilling, like you know, again, free food is what I love the most. It was free food, like we're just free food, free drinks, whatever. I love it. And then there's also just people who are fans of the Raptors just who also paid money to come check this out. And the Raptors players walking around, you know, to go into different places and taking photos of the fans. And you're taller than some of them, I bet. I was. And so like what I had at one point as I was walking to like, I think I wanted to go grab like, like there was some free sample. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go check that out. And then somebody grabbed me and said, Hey, and then like, like, uh, I was so confused. And they're like, uh, let me get a picture. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I took a picture with them. And then later I, turn and then another person grabbed me they're like hey because they saw the first person take a photo of me let me take a photo and then it caught like oh they think i'm a basketball player that's so funny <laughs> it took a moment for, I, was like, I was like i was like why does random people want to take photos do they know about tall boys i'm like yeah. i don't think so it's not even at that point it wasn't even out i was like yeah, yeah. even if it was out you're like you're like i didn't know it was getting this level of critical acclaim yeah like, <laughs> but then afterwards i thought about it, I was like yes must be so funny i wish i could be there just to see them explain to someone who i was like, yeah, like yeah, I got yeah. a photo of this guy. They're like, who is that? They're like, he's a, no, no, it's not that guy. He's, um, shit. It's like, and then a basketball knowledgeable guy's like, dude, that's not a guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I think that was just a tall black dude. No, 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 no. He was no, there. No, no. He, could, he couldn't have, no, yeah. The white dude could never admit. No, 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 no. Trust yeah. me. He was there. He was, trust he, me. He was, he was in the thing. He's probably a rookie or maybe he's like a 10 day me. guy. He's a 10 day guy. Probably. Yeah, you know? yeah. Trust me, bro. I'm not fucking bro. What the fuck? I'm not just going to like, take a picture of a random tall black guy, bro. What the fuck? Yeah. So <laughs> that's so like, fucking funny. I loved it. Though. I, was, I was like, oh my goodness. That's uh, what an experience. So tall boys season two, what I want to how so tall boys. Okay. So tall boys is, uh, was originally a sketch, uh, troupe. That was yeah. you, uh, and, uh, Franco, Tim and Tim. So yeah. all guys from the Toronto comedy scene. How long did you guys have that like uh troop before uh, you got CBC and how did you even get see, how did it go from you guys doing shit to CBC being like, Oh, let's like put money behind this. Dude, that like that journey was fast. That turnaround was fast. Like we formed the troop in, if I remember correctly, it's probably 2017 October, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, good month. Good, good month for a troop. Good month. Good good month. Yeah. Halloween, yeah. spooky season, you know? Yeah, it's, it's good month. Uh, <laughs> good troop month. Yeah. My birthday's October. You know, just it's a little saying, scary, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, I think it's like yeah, 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 2017, uh, October. We, um, how it happened was Franco and Tim were at that point at Second City, part of, if I'm not mistaken, Houseco, which was like a troop that they had, or a group that they had on, on a, as part of the Second City um, brand. And they were, um, they were close. Franco and I knew each other from stand-up. I also knew Tim from stand-up. Vance was the one I knew the least. We'd seen each other around the scene. By that time, uh, I didn't know him all that well. Gotcha. But uh, Franco and Tim were talking, and Tim was like, hey, Vance and I are thinking of forming um, an improv troupe. Uh, you guys want to like, uh, he's like, do you want to join? And Franco was like, oh, Gulad actually wants to do improv a lot more. We should Maybe we should all like, uh, you know, uh, combined forces, and then we ended up forming a sketch up instead. Uh, and Tim sent out a message like, Hey, listen, Toronto Sketch is coming around next year. Let's 
let's uh, submit something. So we only connection we knew was stand up shows. So we asked different stand people if we could do five minutes on their shows and just try out our sketches. And we filmed it because we had to get put together like 10 minutes or something like that of filmed live sketch. And so we filmed these uh, these videos that we did at like different like comedy variety. bar like yeah yeah, you, yeah you like variety like shows set. essentially you know gotcha. we did variety yeah. shows uh five sets. for five and shit like that shit like that yeah yeah okay. and that then we we put that together we got into toronto sketch fest our first year in there this is now 2018 we get the eye of the producers they're like of the festival they're like yo you guys are funny come do the best of fest this is our first outing. We've only been a troop for maybe at this point, like six months. Yeah, you're still deciding on the name. At this point, it was just boy. It was called Boys of Various Heights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're, we're go, we went back and forth. Yeah. We'll, Actually, workshop, we'll workshop the name, boys. Let's just figure out these sketches. Even, the name like was a friend of the troop said like, oh, you guys are tall. You guys are so tall, boys. And then on accident, we our first photo shoot, my sister did the photo shoot. And we just took a bunch of T-shirts that we had deep v's in the, the deepest v's you can think of yeah took photos and it's fall and then one of the albums <laughs> looked kind of sexy so i named it tall boys to men and franco's like yeah we should go by tall boys to men and that's how it happened like we became tall boys to men based off that of the bunch of photos that were sexy you realize that's the one good story that's the one story that ended happily that involved a deep v-neck i've ever heard you know? <laughs> really if it, end yeah. that? if it wasn't for the deep v-necks we would have never found our identity you know <laughs> yeah, honestly it was like such a i don't even know why we did photos where we were just wearing the t-shirts and then we were like we had a plan we're like let's also cut dvs in them and take photos and then we did that as well <laughs> it was but yeah so we we got into the best of fest this is our first year uh for six months or so we're together and at the best fest i didn't know what was happening behind the scenes but vance at this point uh one of the troop members had worked on a show that was in production where bruce was the person creating the show and bruce was told, bruce was the director was bruce? He's a director he's an ep director and uh showrunner gotcha and he did uh kids in the hall correct yeah, he's one of the uh, members of Kids in the Hall. He's uh, been on Saturday Night Live. Oh, Bruce, what's his last name? Uh, McCullough. Yeah, Bruce. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah was... he's uh, his res his resume is uh is, is quite deep. long. Deeper deep. than that V neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah, deeper than that V. Deep. Our V necks would could never could never. <laughs> yeah. We would need a big T, big T yeah. from the early two thousands to the knee, and even then it was still wouldn't be enough. <laughs> oh, dude, the big the long T's. Remember when they used to have SpongeBob thugged out Nickelodeon? Oh, Remember that? <laughs> I Snap, just, crackle, I... and crack. I love those things so much. I just felt like I didn't, A, I was too tall. A lot of times the big tees became like just slightly oversized tees for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but then every regular tee is a short tee for you. <laughs> That's what, what it felt like. Yeah. So the big tees didn't feel big enough. I wasn't swimming in them like other people. Uh, but then also I felt like I just didn't have, I wasn't a hard ass nigga. I just yeah, couldn't yeah, pull yeah. these off. So you. like if I, I had even academics gear, you know, like self-made millionaire when I was working minimum wage jobs, you know, yeah, <laughs> those favorite t-shirts. Yeah, with, like, you had some of... dickies that you were a little ashamed. You didn't know if yeah. you could technically pull it off, right? <laughs> I wore them, but I was like, I, my energy was very much like, uh, I'm sorry. That's the energy I gave off. You know, I'm sorry. This is not me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Like you could be called out any second for these types. Truly, <laughs> like someone said, "Nigga," I was like, "What? Who? What? Who? Yeah, 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 I, right. I, uh, what? what? I, I, I am a bitch ass. I'm nigga, sorry. But... I'm sorry. I, what, what did I do? Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. But... I already, I'm the type of person to start apologizing before. <laughs> That's the type of nigga I am. I apologize before uh, I know what I even did wrong. But yeah, so like that was. But that you're was saying Van, uh, Vance uh, 
Sorry, Vince I said Vince. Yeah, Vince. Oh, Vince. So they, they uh, so they had uh, a working relationship in the past, somewhat. They did, yeah. So I didn't know that Vance was actually in a room with Bruce uh, prior to um, this us doing the sketch fest, and uh, had told Bruce that like, oh, I'm part of a, a troupe, um, uh, and we're going to be doing sketch together. And he, Bruce, had told these producers like, oh, you guys should go check these people out. I've heard, I've heard they're, uh, they're good. And so our first outing, first ever sketch fest, we do the best of fest. And after the show, one of the producers that we end up working with comes up to me. She's like, oh, hey, you know, you guys are really funny. I was like, thank you so much, you know? Uh, and she was like, yeah, like talk to me. And she's like, you ever thought of doing a TV show? And I was like, yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> You're like, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then you just play like, it off. I'd never thought of it before. I was like, about if, it, if it's like this, then yeah, of course I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Yes, yes. And then I never, like, the producers of the festival had introduced me to this uh, producer for the TV show. And uh, he was like, she's really cool. She likes you guys, you know. Uh, and after I talked to her, I just said bye to her and never took her contact information or anything. I don't even remember her name at that point. I was like, this person asked us if we want to do a show. And I just let her go without being like, how do I get in touch with you? You know? Yeah. I was like, okay, goodbye. Well, the universe will bring us back together, I assume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she just gives you a pamphlet. So you'd like to make a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I'm like, oh, this is pretty informative. Dude, back to front, just single page. That's great. Yeah. Double side of single page. That's uh, great. Oh, walk you through how like to get your rights and how to sign the options and all <laughs> So what happened? So so you let her walk off. What happened? I let her walk off. Uh, nothing much happened. Like it was kind of silent. But Vance was still, um, like working with Bruce on this thing uh, on the show that like I don't, uh, that was in production at that point. And he met those same producers, and they were like, "Oh hey, I don't know if you remember me. I came to see your show. Uh, you guys wanted. I, I told you guys and asked you guys if you want to do a show. Like let's let's meet up and have a coffee and talk about it." And so we did, we met up like a couple months later uh, and we had, we had coffee with them. We sat down and honestly that same year that we sat down with them and started writing the show, like, so in the February of that year uh, or March of that year, we'd done our first sketch fest and in October or November of that year, we had our first season uh, got greenlit. Really? So you had scripts for just, every episode or you had like um yeah the pilot script and like a bi show bible or we had a show bible and two episodes written out which were essentially all the sketches that we had at that point because we had only been a troop yeah. for <laughs> yeah, six yeah, months yeah. <laughs> you're uh, like you don't even know each other's names yet like yeah like, we're, just, we're getting comfortable like it yeah. was like it was wild like we used every piece of material that we had we threw anything that could be in the show we threw and then i think we were also some other stuff as well but the two episodes were pretty much uh just straight from our stage that's so uh, fast man this is so fast do you do yeah. you get do you get do you get the sense that all the diversity stuff helped you right now with the current climate for sure I, I feel like we we got on in the in the right time you know like we we saw the right people saw us at the right time yeah uh, and yeah like it was like i, I don't know like it's so wild because i'm like if we had formed that troop even a few months later, we wouldn't have gotten into Sketchfest and we wouldn't have seen these people. Like, it's just, oh, what are the chances of yeah. all these things just kind of happen? Like, we were doing the same. We were having fun. We we're making people laugh. Like, we were getting recognition very quickly, like, very quickly after performing. Um, and then these producers see us, like, you know, within a year of us 
being a sketch troupe. Or a year later, we have a TV show that we're now we're in full steam, getting a room together and starting to write the remaining six episodes. God. Okay, so was it you guys just that wrote the episode, or did they have like other writers in with you? We had uh, two other writers who were there, uh, staff writers, Adam and Luke, yeah. uh, who were really cool dudes. Who we were going to work together on, because at that time we had we didn't know we were going to do probably a sketch show. The producers were like, hey, you know, um, we want to do a show with you, and so we were uh, while we were waiting to meet up with them, uh, we were. Forming a show, we're like, what show do we want to make? So they said. What? So it seems like they were sold on you as a group, as a collective. Yeah. Even before the idea, before anything even was like fully formulated, they're like, hey, them. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, yes, they're like, them. they're like, hey, we think you guys are funny. We want to want to do something with you. And I don't know if they, in their mind, they want to do a sketch show off the rip, but uh, we try to put together a narrative show that. And we were meeting, I remember like at one point we were meeting every week, but every week when we met up again, it felt like we were having the same conversation. Like, well, so what is this show? <laughs> okay. <yeah. Was laughs> anybody, we were meeting up. We were did like, anybody have their legs crossed? <laughs> yeah, we did legs, arms crossed. And we're just like, we're all like, it so always felt like what? we were yeah. on page page one every single time we came back. Like we, yeah. We'd write some stuff. We'd talk about it. We'd, we'd have such great discussions, but every week we'd come back and we're like, okay, so what exactly is this show? What are we, what's, what's, what's the show? What are we making? What is it? What is it about? You know, like we're having this kind of similar so conversation. Every time you guys meet together, it's like, okay, so let's, uh, let's go around, say your name and a little bit about yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the fuck? Icebreakers, yeah. icebreakers for, for a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> so then but, how did, so how did that whole first season kind of like click into place then? Yeah. So we, we got greenlit and um, at that point we had already written uh, to episodes worth of content. And we had formed like a, a writer's room of sorts uh, with, with bringing Adam and Luke in. And we also had like um, seasoned writers who had done like, who've done TV in, in Canada for like decades at this point who were helping us learn to write for TV because none of us had written for TV before. Like I didn't even know how to format a script properly. That that little like basic knowledge was was not there. So we had people coming to gently guide us and get us to uh, like hand in scripts that were <laughs> understood, understandable. People could understand what we were saying. Like, okay, I get what you're saying. Okay, so this is how you format it to move this to move this thing across. So we we'd done that for a couple of months. When we got greenlit, we formed the room pretty quickly, and then it went from like a we meet up once a week or a couple of times a week or like a couple of weeks in a row to then now we're in this full time, and we started churning out because then the turnaround when we got green let to when we started filming was like like four or five months or something like that so oh, it was like shit. very quickly we're like we need we need the other six episodes and we need them like we need and the idea is they want now. to film the whole season start recording and recording we got the whole season it's a wrap yeah we weren't we weren't writing while we were filming when we were filming like all the scripts were locked off and the only writing was maybe like punching up of certain things or cutting out of certain things but we weren't actually writing full ideas when we were filming Gotcha. Okay. Did you, would you guys improv a lot on set or do you usually kind of stick to the script for the most part? Was it this, the scripted dialogue made it into the final cut or did improv shit make it into the final cut too? It was a mixture. Uh, It's more so we followed the script, but Bruce uh, was always very open to um, amendments. If we had new ideas, uh, he was always like, I'm always open to a new idea. Uh, if you have like a way to make something better, he's like, I'm never going to say no. Cause once we have the, 
version on the script down, then okay, that's we got we got the takes we need for that. Like, and sometimes he would even be like, he's like, I don't know if I, I don't know about this joke. Do you have another idea for this? This feels kind of slow. And they're like, Gotcha. Okay, uh, what about if I say this? And they were like, he's like, Yeah, no, that's a lot better. He's like, Okay, cool. I'll I'll try that line then. Okay, so for the most part, it was like we okay, we're gonna shoot what's written. And then we'll have some fun after that and we'll see what what stays kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. And if you were like, in some cases, if we were, if we had nailed the takes that we needed the first couple of times, then he'd be like, all right, now just have fun with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, guys, 9-11 happened again. It's like, what? It's like, I'm kidding, but use it. It's like, what? The weirdest techniques the director would use. No, honestly, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he he was he was very he's pretty straightforward and was always like very like uh like would always take time to be like hey how are you feeling what's going on checking in with us you know because he knew that none of us had have, have had this experience and being someone who's uh who who has such an understanding of this industry and what it's like to work on production shows of our size and shows that are. 10 times our size he's like you know was like hey i know how stressful this can be i used to be there as well i know it's been decades now but it's like i i can understand that like this is probably overwhelming so like he was always open to like hey how are you guys feeling talk to me what do you what do you want to do so um as far as writing for tv what's something that um what's a consideration that you take in writing for tv that you had never any idea about and now, like, while writing for it, you're like, oh, I didn't realize this was even a thing we'd have to think about. Yeah, I, I guess the biggest thing for me was um, uh, for TV, the script has to be like, like for stage, you're, 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 pre you're present, you're on stage. And so you create the visuals while you're on stage. As you're moving around, you're creating this world. But on TV, like, it has to be so clear what this thing looks like because when it leaves your hand and someone else reads it and they don't see the same picture you're seeing, then it becomes like this game of like, or this puzzle of like, you're trying to get your idea as clear on the paper as you can. So that they see your vision and they can help guide it to like, Oh, this is how to clean it up to make it more like the directions clear and the action lines make sense so that like visually you're like this is the, and sometimes even using references of other shows or other like genres like oh this is going to be like a film noir or something so people gotcha. know off the top to like oh this is what you're going for and they can help like mold the idea so that it it's it, it's as you imagine in your mind as close to, as uh to your vision as possible on paper gotcha so there's like besides the dialogue you guys have scene directions and you guys have details galore besides dialogue it, it's interesting like sketch like there is details but the details have to be like uh like you used to use a lot of shorthand sometimes it's necessary to give like two or three lines a lot of times like two lines like was was something that was like drilled into it's like make the script move as fast as possible that any extraneous detail that you might put i'm assuming in like a longer like 30 minute like uh you know sitcom or like a movie where you can really draw out the description because sometimes the scene is just we're looking at an ocean something hits the wave you know blah blah you can like really paint the scene and the sketch you'd be like no this needs to be like two sentences you know gotcha you're like okay. exterior ocean uh someone so throws this at the water and then move you know okay okay that's that's interesting that's really cool i watched season two i watched that screener i love that uh that nigga nigga bit with you and tim that killed me that <laughs> shit was so funny <laughs> i don't think i think that's like mike uh that's the most 
That's the most niggas I've said in any given yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the, last, the most like, I've decade. ever heard. That's the most I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it was like so. There was those moments where I was like, uh, I love this sketch, but I still, my comfort level with saying nigga for as a black person, I feel sometimes like, I, I don't know why I feel like this hesitance when I say nigga that I'm trying to explore, like, what is it about the word or what is it about me or where I've grown up that, like, I'm just maybe so I've grown up with not enough black people in the spaces I was in so that I wasn't saying it very often so it didn't, doesn't feel as natural when I say it you know yeah it's the same it's the same situation with those academic genes and dickies it's the same shit again yeah. right? it's like do I have am I am I black enough to be able to get away with this shit right like exactly like, and not even like being called out for it in the outside world but literally like how you feel like oh that might be too many <laughs> but man yeah. you know what I thought was interesting for the show is that Sometimes I feel like uh, for a sketch, it like it's very like PG. So I'm like, oh, they're kind of PG. And then you have that nigga sketch right after. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like that's the like sometimes I have I, I'm watching and I have the sense of like, oh, this is CBC. They can't really. And then so, and then it's like another sketch in that same episode is like, HBO-esque. So I'm like, yeah. well, how does it work with censorship and CBC? Does like I, in my mind, I'm thinking like when you guys are, are are really wilding out on set, does does a motherfucker in a suit and a CBC like uh like button just coming like ah 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 like you know like do, do people come on and like infringe right on you like oh we're 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 pushing it too far or oh pull it back or is the script already uh, have those lines kind of drawn out clearly it already has those lines drawn out clearly before we go to camera uh we in the first season we did have sometimes execs come to most of them just to say what's up you know and check out the place but uh yeah it's very interesting because like uh when when we're writing a lot of times like we're just writing what makes us laugh and what's funny and so uh at times like yeah it's interesting like of uh, I guess when I think of when I was doing stand-up more often, that with stand-up, there was probably, I felt like a bit more freedom to just like throw ideas out there um, and just try it out. But with the sketch, it feels like at times, like, I like you know, because stand-up, you get to do this material so many days and so many nights in a row that you can start figuring out exactly what the idea is and how you can hone this over time. But with the sketch, like, it kind of has to already most of the pieces have to be there in the first draft or first couple drafts. And if I don't have a strong idea and I want to push something that like is might it's like it's flimsy. Yeah. It's flimsy. Yeah. And I, sometimes I'm like, I'm like, I don't like, it doesn't even like leave my computer. I'm just like, I got to sit on this idea and really think about it. Cause I, cause I'm trying to, to explain it to CBC and explain it to the, to the room, to everyone else in the room, to understand the idea can be a challenge. But I find in general, CBC has been like pretty open to really? a lot of the ideas that we put out there. Sometimes they're like, oh, this is a little weird. We don't get it. But they've been like, for the most part, they're like, actually, one of the things they like, they're like, always tell us is like, hey, just keep pushing. In fact, is, is the note that we, that we've gotten from them is like, just keep pushing it, keep, keep pushing it, go go even go even further you know so it's really uh, yeah. i'm surprised to hear that interesting like in the actual sketch what you're writing is like go further you can go further they're saying that 
Well, they're saying like in general, like even for like our sketches, I remember uh, they're like, like you guys can like, you know, feel free to go further, you know, like you can push, push the ideas further. Like uh, that, like if we, if we go to a place that is like, they, they're like, okay, we absolutely can't do this. They're like, we'll let you know, but like, just keep, you know, we'll, we'll have that discussion then, but like, just push the ideas further. So that's why like, even like that, that sketch where we say nigga a lot, like, uh they're like say it a couple more times they're like, they're like yeah cool whatever <laughs> yeah. that's fine you know they, they i don't think we even got many notes about it. like there was no like okay so you can say nigga 20 times but like the 20 23rd time like maybe <laughs> yeah 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 they're like no they're just like yeah go ahead man have fun man i'm surprised uh man i'm actually surprised to hear that because i would have thought that they would have been a lot more like in my mind working with cbc would be like a lot of red tape that's that's in my mind. So I'm actually really surprised right. that the, in, in fact, they're like, push the envelope more, go for it, you know, but keep in mind the vessel you guys are. That's that's why I'm saying like they were sold on you guys before they were sold on the idea itself, whether it's sketch mm-hmm. narrative. They didn't know because they know you guys as a collective, as a vessel can kind of just from a social point of view, you can say what you want. Right. That's the game right yeah. now. Right. Yeah. I'm just hearing if hearing like people's perspectives that you haven't heard before and so yeah just letting like yeah i feel like we uh at times yeah like uh i know because of our makeup that we could probably get away with more uh risky material quote unquote than another troop you know because we're like yeah we our, our makeup is is quite unique and yeah yeah we can we can really like push certain ideas and like but also we're always like we always wanted to be funny and so like that's the challenge of at times if we want to talk about something that is a bit more risky or is touches on race or whatever we want the idea to be strong but we want the comedy to be there too gotcha yeah, yeah. the idea is there but the comedy just isn't quite there because sometimes like i'm still like angry about something so what's coming through is anger but there's no there's no yeah, there's no there's there. no funny there yeah i know exactly yeah. what you mean I know exactly what you mean. Like it's the same thing happens on stage too. When something fresh happens and you have so much emotion about it, but you haven't flushed out really what the core bit is or the joke. So you just go up there mm-hmm. with the anger or just bewilderment or whatever it is. And it doesn't go where you, you expect your emotion to drive through, but it doesn't because the joke never really happened. It never was there. Yeah. You know? no, it's just, it's just, but that's, I feel like that's even a good place at times to start that journey. It's like, something made me feel such a strong emotion and then trying to find where the joke is in that strong emotion. God damn. That's some high level shit right there, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, <laughs> someone handed you a pamphlet. So you want to do a crazy emotional joke. Read this shit. <laughs> yeah. Besides. I feel like, I don't know if you've done this, but I've listened to so many uh, coming up, uh, so many like podcasts of other comedians talk about comedy and so like, I feel like I've learned just by absorbing this different knowledge from people, like so many ideas and ways of doing comedy and some have resonated with me more than others, but like, there is that thing of like, I remember one comedian uh, or several comedians I've heard talk about like that if something makes them feel a emotion, whatever it is, a strong emotion, if it's anger, if it's happiness, if it's sadness, whatever it is, uh, you know, bewilderment uh, that they're like, that's a driving force to try to find then the comedy in that of being like, there is something there that you want to talk about, but maybe it's a, a matter of time and finessing this. So you figure out, Oh, here's the, here's the thing I was trying to say. 
Exactly. You polish and you polish. And I forget who is it? Ron Funches, I think he said. He said, right. Uh, and actually, and Bill Burr pretty much said the same thing is um, write, write what you love, write what you hate, and write what scares you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Cause it's like those, there's something so magical of being on stage where you're like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how they're going to, I, 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 I want to tell this joke. And it's something I can feel passionate about, but I don't know how this is going to go at all. What's it called? In the show, they, uh, in the show, your name is Caleb, right? So they didn't do any of the Somalian stuff at all, which I thought, which I was surprised about. I was like, uh, I would have thought that they would have been like, lean into the Somalian stuff. Or was it your <laughs> choice to stay away from it? Well, uh, when we're playing, because we have sketches where we're in the world of but these characters yeah and so they have they have names that till this day i don't remember them because they're mostly for uh for the network and scripts and for people who are making the uh schedules to figure out or like for the for the uh what's it called uh the keys of different departments to know what characters are in different sketches gotcha or we play our kind of ourselves the tall boys i i'm gulad in those ones i'm gulad and franco is franco and tim is and we go by our own names but when we're playing different characters a lot of times i do yeah almost like by default give them white anglo-saxon names like yeah I yeah, yeah i was like what like, well, i want to just keep it well, i'm like why though yeah i don't you know to be honest with you as you right because i'm like i don't not anything there's really not yeah like it's it uh i think it's ma- it's making it it's making it digestible for that random dude in saskatchewan i think maybe is what that, it is usually that's my audience to begin with uh, <laughs> yeah you know those random saskatchewan niggas love to let boy they i know man <laughs> they love me they're like they're like man all the names i mentioned they're like i know that person yeah <laughs> well, I, actually on that note uh have, are you um have you been to somalia have you were you born here i actually I don't think I've ever had like a Somalia conversation with you. Yeah, no, I, I was born in Somalia. I was born in Mogadishu. And uh, oh, I came... we got a real one here. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know what it is, man. I was, I was, I was born there. I lived there till uh, 92. And that's when I came to uh, Toronto. I moved here uh, a little after the Civil War broke out. And uh, then my mom, my mom got a job at the UN in Kenya. And so I moved to Kenya in like about 90s. I think like you left Canada and went back to Kenya in 96. Yeah. So we moved from Somalia uh, to, to Canada as refugees. Yeah. And then we got our papers and everything in the moment. Cop that Canada. citizenship. I yeah, that citizenship. We're like, we out. Yeah. We'll it's, be it's back. Been, like, it's yeah. been nice with deuces, you know? Yeah. yeah, right. uh, We'll be back uh, for that health care or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the papers. Losers. <laughs> <Abyss>. Fire. Fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you guys went to Kenya and you were like, 10 or younger yeah like i was like i was like about like a nine ten yeah and my mom got a job at that time with the un as a nutritionist so we moved out there and we lived there till about oh five i came oh. back here for one year 2002 2003 for uh, one grade but i was there pretty much till five wait, wait 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 you came for one grade you came back to canada to do one grade yeah, because like, so the, the thing is like my, uh, I think it was like in 98 or 99 that my mom got cancer. And so she was getting treatment. I remember she got treated in Kenya, but also would come back here to see specialists in Toronto. And so there was that one year, I think grade 10, I think it had something to do with like she needed to be 
in the city to, she had a bunch of appointments uh, to see our specialist. And so she couldn't, like, it didn't make sense to travel back and forth. It's just like really expensive. Gotcha, gotcha. So she was like, we stayed here. Um, and so that year I did, I did grade 10 here. And then I, you my sister might know this. I don't know why, but I went back to Kenya. Yeah. Like the whole family didn't go back. And I went, and I think my sister, did she come eventually? I think maybe she did, but I don't, I feel like she didn't. I think she was here for the remainder, but I was in Kenya for my last uh, two years of high school. God damn. So Kenya is really where you had your childhood. It seems like I mean, yeah, between kind of I mean, like a little, so you remember Canada between 92, 96, or was it all? I, just, I rem- it's blur. It's such a blur. Gotcha. Gotcha. Picture. It's like almost like photographic memory of certain places. And like, I remember certain events, but like, I can't recall more than like a few minutes of like, Oh, I remember making bologna sandwich with no bread, just a sandwich, just a bologna spread some yeah, ketchup on it, like, roll it up, eat it. It's those weird little fragments of memory. Like for when I was four or five, when we first were in Oman, I remember like sleeping on the trip back from somewhere and my dad carrying me into the house, you know, like random. Yeah. I don't even know where we were, but I just remember the the carry because I pretended to be asleep because I was like, I know if I pretend to be asleep, I'll get carried in. And I, oh, and, I yeah. and I was like in my head, like, man, you're so smart, bro. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, you that's, like, that's like an early you memory. The system. I yeah, love exactly, it. Yeah. man. Bro, I was literally like, I was just feeling myself too much. But, but no, uh, when you fall off those little things as a kid, you're like, God damn, I'm so smart. <laughs> I figured this whole shit out. Yeah, exactly. Do you still have boys in Kenya? Like, is Kenya still, like, in your mind, like, home kind of, or? No, that's the thing. Like, what I have some, I know there's some friends who uh, are, who still go back to Kenya occasionally. Yeah. Um, but most of the people, I went to uh, an international school out there. Oh, shit. So, you know, I went, to, I went to, yeah. I'm, so, a lot of expats. So most the UN people, kids, right? The UN kids, the embassy kids, you know, oh, and then shit. some kids who just came for money, you know, parents were, were rich and paying locals. like the balling locals. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so all the people I know, most people I know ended up going back to their home countries. Gotcha. They graduated. So any Canadians? Uh, yeah. There's some Canadians. Yeah. I remember actually, it's funny enough. One of the girls that was in my class. I ran into her at University of Toronto uh, when I was in my first year. She also happened to be going to the University of Toronto. And I was like, that's so wild. And I didn't, I didn't expect to see you here as well. I was just coming out of station, looking around, and someone yelled my name. I was like, what? Who knows? No one should know me. I'm like, I just moved back. I didn't go to high school with any of these niggas, you know? Yeah, but- <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so funny. It's such a small world, man. From yeah. Kenya, from your class. That's so cool. But I guess UFT is a big school, though, so... It was, is, yeah. But yeah. I mean, she's Canadian. I just didn't expect her to come to UFT. She could have gone really anywhere, you know. And she was also really, like, a smart student, unlike me, who like, I just got enough. I just got, I just barely squeaked by to get into UFT. Oh, they respected okay. that. They respected the IB program a lot, but I got like all fives across the board, and I think some fours. Oh uh, shit, the IB amazing. program. <laughs> I went when I I didn't even know about the IB program. I'm a public school kid, but when I got went to university, I had a lot of international friends. We're just yeah. like, man, IB, bro, sevens, man, sevens. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, what the fuck? I got I got all fives, man. Not even a single six, dog. Not one six. Oh, I heard it's tough. It's like the Richter scale, bro. It's like 10 times harder to get a six than a five. Yeah, and like, I also did not study either. So it was just like, I was so bad. Damn, man. You fight. Do you can you speak Kenyan? 
Swahili, not at all. Is this Swahili? No. That's that's yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's for <laughs> me, right? Do you speak like one... Kenyan talk? <laughs> well, yeah, I speak mostly Nairobi. That's what I speak. <laughs> Do you speak nigga talk? Gulet? <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I dabble in it. I dabble in it a little yeah. bit. You know, Habarigani, Mazurisana. You know, this is uh, when you're in Saskatchewan's biggest talk show. Well, Gulet, yeah. we're so happy you're here. Do you speak <laughs> nigga talk? <laughs> I, I do. Thank you for asking, Jeff. I do, in fact. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll do it here hey, for yeah. the audience, obviously. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just start yelling Ooh. shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like Swahili. Yeah. Swahili, you know yeah. I one, one, honestly, like, I know all the words that are in the Lion King, probably. That's about okay. it. <laughs> Everything else, like... My so like Scar, Deception. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, mostly, yeah, not even the words, most of the themes. Yeah, I think yeah, I took exactly. from that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love, I, family, I think. There's love, this betrayal in there. Uh, there's this fear of like coming into your own, but also dealing with, I mean, the nigga was dealing with, if you think about it, trauma. Like he, his parent died and now he has to take over this position. Like, Oh, dude, I just watched The Lion King that first. He's a therapist, I think is what he needs. <laughs> those first couple scenes when he sees his dad trampled by those fucking... Yeah antelope or whatever the fuck that shit. i'm like damn That's man simba's getting fucked up bro i know and and no like i mean and like he he didn't he wasn't given time to mourn you know he's like you got to be king dude like you everyone's like you got to move into the next phase of your life they were forcing him to to grieve fast you know if you think about it timon and pumba came at him with that hakuna matata just in time bro hakuna matata know, was pretty man. much his therapy dude I, you know, I think about it. Yeah, they, they were, they were, they were saving grace. You know, he might, he might have killed himself. We never know. Yeah, right. <laughs> it means no worries. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but uh, so, so okay. So no Swahili, essentially. But no Somali, Swahili, yeah. Somali, uh, like yes, but barely. Every time I talk to my grandmother, which was a sketch in the first season. Yeah, I saw that sketch. Uh, yeah. And then that sketch, like, I, I found out how many Somalis were on the internet when that sketch came out. Of how much, like, and I understood because there were certain parts of the sketch where, like. Uh, I was I was being I was coming off as mean, and I was like being kind of mean in the sketch. Uh, or I was being. CBC mean was like, yeah, you're like CBC was like, push it, push it. Yeah, I, like, I wouldn't talk dude. to my grandma like this. Push it, no, uh, come on, disrespect it, disrespect it, dude. Yeah, but <laughs> so there was like there was, there was parts where it was a little mean, but like I was uh, I did a bad thing where first season I read a lot of people's comments on videos. Oh God! And that was especially when that video came out. Yeah, like. I could read the comments in Somali as well. So I could, I could hurt my feelings in two languages. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I get my feelings hurt in English and then get it hurt in Somali as well. Bro. I know this, this is what I know in Somali. I know. Negamus. Is that, yeah. I don't know. What do you Negamus? Uh, Abeos. Uh, oh yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, like, you, oh, you know, all the oh, swear bro, words. I grew up all my neighbors were Somali and I grew up in a neighborhood that was so many Somalians, man. My oh, boys, man, Abdullahi, uh, Saeed, Jamas, like, you know, like, I know these niggas. Honestly, I, I like, I still, to this day, I think the fact that so many of us growing up when we learn, when we ask people to teach us another language, it's always swear words. Of Almost course. always swear words. It's never like, and it's never like, I'm like, I've never learned the words I've learned. I've never used them and to a native speaker. You know, if I learned a swear word in French, I've never gone to a French person and said the swear seal. word to them. Yeah, see that I know that one. Seal. Yeah. Seal means fuck, right? And I'm like, I've never said that because I don't 
like I don't have any other words to follow up with. Like I don't even know to say just kidding. I don't even know how to say just kidding. You know, like yeah, it's yeah. a joke. Like I don't even know. Like <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm, I'm just joshing. Hey, I'm just fucking around. Sorry about you that. You don't have just, any of the disarming vocabulary. That's you it. Know? I don't really start, I have this aggressive <laughs> language where I can tell you fuck your mom, and then after that, it's like we we're in a fight. I guess it's dude, it, literally, yeah. You know, I'm Bosnian. I know something. You peach school, which like literally, I know them all. Where it's like you know just enough to get fucked up. You know. Exactly. And sometimes I think like, I I don't know if I've ever taught people bad words. I probably have. I just don't remember it. But like, I think in my heart of hearts, if someone asks me like some words in Somali, I just tell them random words that are like just conversational. I don't want them getting, because you don't know who you're going to run in front into, you know? You might run into someone who's about it and they have time. And you get your oh, ass shit. beat up. Yeah, yeah. You know? right. I'm so angry like, I and to. I have a free, an open schedule. You yeah, know? Exactly. It's, it's, it's pale panoramic. I don't got to be anywhere. Let's, let's fight it. Dude, I saw the funniest thing two days ago, man. I'm like, I'm just sitting there in my car and uh, some like some crazy like this dude was just walk. It was so funny because I was like, it made me think I was like, man, mental health. You know, this dude's walking <laughs> white, white dude, dreadlocks, probably 22. He's walking down Bloor right near comedy bar and uh, he's going eastbound and he's like, He's just like, who wants to get fucked up? And he's just fucking mad, right? He's like, who wants it? And like, he starts posting up on a Honda Odyssey, like a van, right? And there's and there's this Asian dude inside who, bro, it was the, it was so funny. He runs up on the van, and I guess the dude was outside. I didn't see it. The dude runs in the van and straight up tries to run him down, okay? And and he stops in the middle of Bloor, runs out, and it's like a little like Bruce Lee Asian dude. Like I swear to God, the guy was like forty. He yeah. runs out of the car and starts chasing this white kid. And the white kid started running so fast away from him. And like the, the white kid ran in a way that I know he has no mental health issues. If that makes sense. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just, he was a drunk, amped up kid. The way he oh. ran all his senses, I know are totally yeah, okay. Sobered up. <laughs> yeah, bro. The run. I've never. It made me thankful to be alive just to have witnessed that. I swear to God, yeah. it was the funniest oh, thing. Goodness. I was just dying in my car. It was the, the best thing I've seen all week or last week, I guess. But fuck, yeah. man, killed me. Oh my god, I love, I love the city. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, <laughs> I love living and I love Toronto. You know, exactly, thanks, God. Man. I appreciate it. Yo, okay, so on the podcast. I, uh, I asked three questions, okay? I do this. I A lot of times I'll forget, but this time I remembered because I had it prepared on this little piece of paper. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, but yeah, three questions. Sometimes I'll hit them people in the front uh, or at the top just to let them mull over it, but I think it's pretty open and shut. First, okay, the, 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 the questions are, did you get beat as a kid? And looking back, was it effective or not? uh yeah you will do one at a time what were were you a kid that got beat did you get beat absolutely yeah yeah yeah. i got beat like uh definitely you know my mom mom was was what was one with the was one with the uh wooden spoons one with the 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 belt you know uh like one with the hand you know like she 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 was quick with it uh i don't like it's only something that has occurred to me very recently because i started therapy like maybe a couple years ago uh that those like I always assume trauma happened to truly white people. That's what I thought. You thought the only time, trauma happened to white people? To white people. That's what I thought. Like that's that's how ignorant I was about it. I was like, how oh, these people getting traumatized, you know? Like 
They're like, yeah, exactly. I mean, my I mom like, put me in a dryer for three days, but I was like, yeah, didn't was everybody's like, mom do that? I didn't think about it. Like, and also because like, uh, and something I've mentioned in therapy before is like, when I would talk to other family members, like siblings, cousins, a lot of times when they, when they tell me their experiences of getting, you know, beat up by their parents, or getting disciplined, their experiences sounded way worse than what was happening to me. So I just assumed like, oh man, I got off easy, you know, like I'm not getting beat by, by, by someone who's like 250 pounds, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting beat by my mom who's like maybe a buck something, you know? Yeah. Lean. Uh, it's so a lean I'm hit. like lean, you know, it's a lean hit. Like even with all her strength, it's, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, it's just not, it's not having the same effect. But yeah, I don't. I don't think it was effective because uh, it's taught me to uh, fear making mistakes uh, and worry that someone is going to get mad at me. And that when I do make a mistake that I feel is uh, so terrible, my instinct is I want that per- that person that I wronged to discipline me. <laughs> so that's like it's left me with that dynamic where like I'm like, oh, fuck, like do you want to like eat me with a spoon or something like that? Yeah. Will that will that make it I, I don't know, it's not even for them, it's like for me. I'm like, it will make me feel better if you beat me with a spoon. <laughs> just hit me, man. Don't be a little bitch. Just hit me with just a wooden spoon. Just yeah. Do it. Do it. It's all right, man. Dude, you just you just you just broke my vase. I know, but like hit me with a spoon or something, you know? <laughs> Has therapy been like, is it uh super beneficial, you find? I have, yeah. Like it's helped me uh definitely realize like slowly trying to unpack like just the, the ways I think about myself and which ways are what parts of it are actually how I feel about myself and what parts are how I've either been taught to feel about myself or how other people have said I should feel about myself uh you know so like it's been it's been helpful trying to like break apart these two like oh do I think I am an inherently lazy person like I don't think that's true because like I've done two seasons of a show and if I was lazy I wouldn't have handed stuff in and gotten edits in on time, you know, like, so, like, I think I've disproven that, but still in, I feel in my heart, like, um, like growing up and being told like, damn, you got to work harder. Why are you so lazy? Damn. Okay. Yeah. I, I had uh, Sama Hindi on and she really pushed the idea of uh, therapy to a point where I'm like, damn, I thought therapy was this and that, but now I'm like, yo, when I get my fucking show, I'm going to do therapy too. <laughs> Until then I'm just going to be yeah, wallowing I mean- in these fucking problems. <laughs> If you can afford it, I mean, because some places have like truly like uh, like sliding scales. And that's how I first started before I got the show. It was like paying like a cheap price, like 45 bucks for a session every other week. Uh, for And that was that was very helpful. Now, I mean, obviously I had to tell them I was doing a TV show. So then it went up to the regular price. That's so funny. Do you have <laughs> to tell them? Do they ask for your tax returns? How, no, how do you know? I, I talked it's about an honors, it's an honor system. It's yeah, an honor it's like, system. Yeah, you know, that's what they're writing, by the way. They're, that's they're just writing what your what your projected income is based on uh, yeah, like, your memories. So, what did you, you do last week? Last year, did you get a tax yeah. recently? How much was it? Did okay. it make you feel when you saw <laughs> yeah. the number? What was the number for reference? Yeah, yeah. No, I told him I was like, because yeah, it's like I mean, I'm telling him what's happened in my life. So he knew when I got a TV show, and the day when the conversation happened at the end of a session, like, hey, so I mean, um, that's I hilarious. Keep, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, so I was like, hey, I, I was like, I we're I breaking like, a lot of great ground, Gulet. Uh, yes. Just a. You know, with related to the scale, I you know, like yeah. I love to be a fly he on was, the wall for that conversation. He was nice about it too, because like he he knew I was doing the show for like several months before he brought it up. Yeah. Um and, <laughs> and when he did, I was like, I was like, listen, I said totally understandable. Uh I was like, and a part of me was like, Man, I wish in hindsight I kept quiet about doing any show and just let him see a billboard and be like, Hey, so are you 
Yeah, just you driving like a TV like, show. That motherfucker! Yeah. I knew it. I knew I his knew clothes were getting scale. Yeah, I knew those were new Jordan ones. He. Well, this, this is not a guy to get that jacket all. from. It's, yeah. that's, a, that's a Montclair jacket. Yeah. I know Montclair's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking Just kills let me. Be like, a, is that a rolly on the wrist? I'm like, yeah, yeah it is. I mean, it's a family, <laughs> it's, family it's, heirloom. Yeah, My exactly. grandma gave it to me. I don't want to. There's about actually it. a lot of stuff I want to unpack with this Rolex as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. she <laughs> held on this for a, a while. You know, yeah. I, think I could have been shining earlier. Yeah, kind of mad about it. You know, the second question I ask is. Um, in your household, and uh, this might be you could take this as a Somali thing in Kenya or in your house, but who is the butt of jokes? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I usually mean it more cultural, so it's like mm-hmm. Sudanese will talk shit about Egyptians, will talk shit about you know, some other North Africans right. and Sudanese, Sudanese will talk shit about Egyptians and other mm-hmm. Sudanese. Who who were the Somalis or who in your house was like the butt of jokes, like the Eritreans? Like who? You know what I mean? You know what? I don't I don't know like who truly was a butt of jokes. I do know that um I don't know if this is I don't know if it's a Somali specific thing, but a lot of times I grew up thinking that Somalis weren't black. I don't know if you if you've ever ran into that thought of like this idea that somehow like Somalis are a different breed altogether. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, so that, in that, that like yeah, like we're, we're Somalis and then other people are black. Exactly. Yeah, Somali people who are right next to us on the border, you know? Yeah, Somali, Eritrean, Ethiopian, Sudani, like all these African ones were not really like that type of identity crisis shit, right? Yeah, so that's that's more than what I grew up uh, with that feeling. I didn't, I don't know who was the butt of jokes, but I do know that like we were. I I for the longest time it took me for it took me a while to realize I was black. That's that's I came into that much later. It life. actually like, happened. Hold on a second. It happened a day before you did that nigga sketch. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. I was, I'm saying, am I black? <laughs> I gotta oh. be black to say that. You know. Yeah, you run in Tim. I'm black. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready, <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, so the okay, so essentially, you guys weren't talking shit. I don't. I'm not necessarily saying I believe you. Okay. No, no. I the think, thing is, I don't. I don't know who who was. You hate uh, Sudanese. Just say it. Say no, no, it. It's, truly, I don't like. That's the thing. I don't like. I just don't think I was paying attention. The only thing I picked up on was like we're we're better than other black people, but I don't know who we oh, talked about. Okay, so it, like a superiority complex. Type yeah. Deal. Okay, that's, 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 that's something. The, that's that's the thing I I left with, but I don't know who specifically what group people we made fun of the most. I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, when we moved here, my mom would be like, "Don't hang out with black people," but she would also say, "Don't hang out with white people," and also say, "Don't hang out with like." My mom said, "Don't hang out with everybody except Asians." Oh, yeah. so that's those are your friends then yeah yeah right like <laughs> literally it's like one of the biggest continents in the world so sorry yeah, mom. it was perfect right i'm like well thanks mom china's got yeah. two billion almost so exactly. appreciate it uh okay and the final question i ask which um you can give this a little thought as well is what is something you've only seen either in your country and i don't know if you've been to somalia since uh hmm. but something you've only seen people do at your culture you've only seen Somalis do, or you've only seen in Somalia. The example that I always give, which is that Sudanese will have a living room with no couch, no couches at all, and just twin beds, like all beds. There's no couches, so everyone's just trying to chill. And- <laughs> I guess you guys also have the Fadi Arabed, which is like those 
really low to the ground couches. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, the, just, the Moroccan seating style. Yeah, the Moroccan seat where you can take it apart and put it back together, like a Tetris couch. Yeah, yeah where that's the standard hookah cafe setup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what's something specifically Somali that I haven't seen anywhere else. Or um, maybe in Kenya. Something you've only seen, like something yeah. you have you haven't seen I, in a long time, type of deal. Maybe other cultures have something similar to this. I'm trying to think. What's something specifically Somali? Don't say pirating, okay? All right. No, no, no. <laughs> I actually I was trying to think like <laughs> Seen like uh, like you know how Eritreans is it Eritreans Ethiopians who has a dance where their shoulders um go like wild or they're just like doing the shoulder. I'm, I'm gonna assume Ethiopians because I think there's uh, more than them than Eritreans. So let's just assume Ethiopians. Actually, I don't even know if I'm right. Yeah, this like the one thing that keeps coming, but I don't even think it's Somali because I think uh Indonesians and some Arabs do this, but like it's a thing called a maus, which is just like a cloth. Um, uh, like uh, it's like one circular piece of cloth that's long that you cover your bottom with and you fold it over and then roll up. Sometimes you put a belt over it. Sometimes you're wearing boxes underneath, other times you're not. Really? So you yeah. guys have like a makeshift underwear type deal? It's yeah, it's called a maus. It's like it's like it's like a it's like a skirt. It's like a long skirt that men will wear, and it's like this huge piece of fabric that's 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 closed off you pretty much you put it over your head or, or you put it on your, on your body and it's like you have so much excess fabric that you fold it over and fold it a couple of times and then like roll it uh under to keep it on you and that and if you're really good with the with the folding that you can uh you don't need a belt as for me i would wear a belt because so many times it would just drop and so, so you where did you wear this where'd you wear this you'd wear it at home generally you wear it at home when you're relaxing and stuff you put on your most but it's like also it it's it's cool to wear it but like also very revealing because like it's so huge and so like you know like you can't i can't be having my normal like you know stances and and the way i, I sit because otherwise i'm just like flashing everybody yeah okay my i have not what i what other I, cultures yeah what i have seen somebody yeah, in this would they leave their house with this on sometimes but i you might you might see people outside the house with it but it's a more uh at home thing yeah interesting you know, like i'm shocked like, i'm thinking i must have seen it i have so many somalians around me and i you yeah. know I, over at their place or whatever how do I, have I not seen it maybe you've seen maybe you've seen the combo with that and like a wife beater generally like maybe the dad might be wearing wife beater and then he's wearing this like long skirt looking thing yeah that skirt. does sound hella familiar because huh. <laughs> it's like the men will be running it around the house uh, at times so that like that is like when i think about it i was like that is very um it's very Somali. And then also when I was in Somalia, I went in 2000, uh, there was, um, some people had like automatic weapons, assault rifles. Yeah. We just have assault rifles with them. Like it was just like, and they're not police. They're just random people. Like just like. So America. Saying, so, so sorry. I was say Somalia is just like the South. I mean, essentially <laughs> it felt like that because I guess because the, the country is, is, has governments in certain parts, but it's essentially kind of still, yeah it's yeah exactly non-government state type deal yeah so like so people you know still protect themselves so like but it wouldn't like it's not even like a glock or something like a gun it's like i saw people having tea sitting at a cafe and their ak is like leaning on the table 
That's fucking awesome. Like a, it'll be a, like an AK forty seven. AK like literally people people had like big guns, you know. Like I saw people with big guns, like not even tiny ones. You know, I was, I was like, Jesus Christ, why do you have these big assault rifles on you? You know. Did you shoot any off when you were there? Nah, none, not none whatsoever. Oh, no. that's a shame, bro. Yeah. Oh, I'm I know it's the one place where you don't need a probably a gun license to, to shoot. You don't need to go all through all this bureaucracy. These paper, this paperwork. You just picked up a Glock and shot. I bet you there's less places in the world you do have to do paperwork. You know, if you think about Probably, it, it's like yeah. most places you just grab the gun and go. But man, I would shoot an AK the first chance. Like, God, an AK? God yeah. damn, bro. It looks it looks pretty wild, man. That and like, but this is like not a Somali thing, but I remember when I was in Kenya, I don't know if the police have changed. It's been 15 years since I was last there. But when I was last in Kenya, the police there, like here we have like, they have standard issue Glocks. The cops have that, right? In Kenya... They would have like semi-automatic and automatic weapons, sometimes Glocks. But they, you see police officers standing at like a like a directing traffic, and they're holding like an Uzi. <laughs> yeah, like a weird, like a bank robbery style weapon. Yeah, and and also it was a very common thing, like uh, where the news was so terrible at warning you about to see something graphic, and they just say today the police got in a shootout. And they they're very they were notorious then for like just shooting suspects, you know, and uh, like cops everywhere just bad, and so they'd be like you see cops just standing at a road holding their Uzi, and you see bodies slumped in a field, you know, you're like oh shit, like they're <laughs> like freshly no, dead, freshly dead. There's no they didn't put like a tarp over them or nothing, and I'm just like they didn't give you no warning. They just like the news anchor says, and today police shoot, and then they just show. I'm like whoa, I you got to tell me about to see a dead body, you know. That's so fucking funny, Matt. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> there's still smoke coming out of the barrel. <laughs> it felt like it, you know. I was, I was like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, there's no warning. Just body slumped out of cars. What's the deal? <laughs> Dude, I got to go to all these places, man. I need to do an. Yeah. I hope one day I could do an Africa comedy tour. That'd be so Dude, cool. Honestly, Kenya, like, I haven't been there in a while, but like, it's it's so beautiful. Uh, the coastal re- area, like Mombasa. Kenya's got, like, really so many- green, right? It's green as fuck. Oh man, I fuck yeah! It's like so beautiful. It's got like such an like the Serengeti is there, you know, uh, the you know the Pride Rock that's in Kenya, the the where Lion King where he was held above. That's an actual place. That's an so actual that, place. That, that rock, that weird looking rock. That's an actual place. It's what the the rock I had looks no like idea. Yeah, but the, the the that they put that rock in the Serengeti, which is a totally different place. But that rock is is um is there. You know, Kenyans when that movie first dropped. The guy in the theaters is just like fake, fake, yeah. you know, like that. And you're like, come on, you wouldn't find a giraffe that that near Pride Rock. Come on, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. Let's be honest. Giraffe and zebras don't mingle like that. What the yeah, fuck? wildebeest. Come on, come on, water <laughs> buffalo. What is he doing there? That's not even native. <laughs> you know? Yo, man, we're reaching our time, bro. This has been fucking awesome. As always, I've mentioned this before, but. On this day that it drops, the 16th, it will come out. It is the 16th at least. Mm-hmm. Tallboy Season 2 is out. Make sure right. to check that shit if you're a Canadian, really. I mean, is it available anywhere? Uh, I mean, we hope that we'll, like, you know, once this season comes out, that we'll be able to figure out ways to get it streaming internationally, you know? Oh, is it? Like, it was not in Europe. Season 1's in Europe. Not that I know of. Right now, it's only on CBC Gem, which is, like, geo-locked. Gotcha. To- Canada, but I think the goal is to so all you people out there with international. The yeah, listen, I'm not saying use it, but I'm also not saying don't use it. You know, yeah, exactly. 
But yo, uh, Gula, tell the people where to find you, you personally. Yes, yes. Uh, I am on uh, Instagram. If you're there, it's Gula. That's G-U-L-3-D. Uh, instead of an E, it's a three. And then you can find me on Twitter. It's G-8-U-S. That's U-U-U-U-U to you get to eight. Uh, and then L-E-A-D. But by that point, if you type in already five U's, I should come up. Or four U's, I think I should come up. You'll see. I me. think I'm the guy at four U's, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you tweet a lot? Which of these are you most active on? Because I put stuff in the description, uh, so I'll just I'll put yeah, what's I mean, most I, prominent. I, honestly, I'm, I'm, I say I'm on both equally. I'm on Twitter quite a lot. I don't tweet a lot, but I am on there. So like, yeah, gotcha. tag me, tag me. It's going to get retweeted. Then you find that man's Twitter in the description below. Yes. Hell yeah, man. This, me, dude. dude, this has been a fucking pleasure, man. I'm so happy this whole setup worked great. Internet did not cut. Everything went perfect. No, Oh, my goodness. I was I was tense. Uh, especially as we're getting to the end. I was like, don't do it now. Don't do it now. <laughs> no, it's perfect. It could cut right now and people get the gist. So it's perfect. I know. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, okay. yeah. Uh, so, dude, can't wait to see you once everything goes back to normal in the comedy yes, scene. Yes. It's going to be sick. Congrats on your success in season two. Thank you, man. Yeah. Uh, I hope. If a season three isn't picked up, at least now you got your IMDb nicely stacked. So I know you got right. good things coming after that. Yeah, knock on wood, baby. Come on, let's do it. Knock on wood. From my end, yo, wherever you're listening, if you want to support the podcast directly, check out patreon.com slash the immigrant section. Get weekly bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, all that shit. Uh, but if you haven't subscribed or clicked follow, do that now because you're at the end. You might as well. Do but it. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Until next time, y'all are the best. Peace. Bye.